Hey guys, my name is Mavi, and for the last 14 years, I've worked in the plastic surgery industry under top board certified plastic surgeons. In that time, I have gained extensive knowledge about surgical procedures, pre and post-op care, as well as non-invasive or minimally invasive treatments. My passion to educate and help women feel empowered in their surgical decisions led to what we now know as the Big Butts No Lies podcast. Join in on the fun as I chat with plastic surgery experts, friends, and real-life patients about all things plastic surgery. Should be fun! Hey guys, I'm so excited to have the Faha Doctor on today. So for those of you who don't know who the Faha Doctor is, I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I found her somehow on Instagram. Her page came up and I, when I saw her, I checked her out. I was like, wow, I really like this. She customizes Fajas. So Diana, introduce hey there. yourself. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm Diana, also known as the Faja Doctor. Actually started this business a little over six months ago, but it has really taken off like crazy. So I have actually an I'm trying to be as humble as possible as I say what I'm about to say, but I have turned into like something kind of like an insider tip in the plastic surgery community. And anyone who's in the plastic surgery community knows that it's it's a lot like a, it's, it's like a secret society. Like Definitely. once you're in it, you're in it. And then you, you know, you learn all of the, all of these different things that you only learn when you're in this society. And I have somehow grown into that. So essentially, again, in short, what I do is faha alterations. Like I will take your fajas and I will customize them to your body, especially because of how much change we all go through after we have liposuction, BBL, tummy tuck, you name it. No faha comes out of the bag perfect. Exactly. And that's actually what, right. And that's exactly what I was faced with when, when I started my journey. So like I mentioned, I started this business. It was mid-November of 2020. I had my surgery in mid-September of 2020. I got a BBL, you know, Lipo 360, Chin Lipo, all of that. All that fun stuff. By the way, so worth it. Totally life-changing. It Best decision. Like, it, right, best decision ever. Like, if you're thinking about it, do it. Just make sure you pick the right surgeon and you do your research. That's but why anyway. we're here. That's why, that's my goal. Exactly. To help them pick the right surgeon, help them pick the right path. So they have great results and they have a great experience and they don't have any absolutely. regrets. Absolutely. Absolutely. So plastic surgery has been around for quite a while. Women have always been hugely into beauty, obviously, right? We want to feel confident. We want to feel beautiful. We want to feel comfortable in our skin. We want to be attractive. So beauty has been around for a long time. I'm sorry, plastic surgery, but it really is just now truly being like it, it, it's what's the word I'm looking for? Accepted, it's becoming, maybe. Well, or I, mainstream. I, think, it, I mainstream. think it's. I think we're getting ex- it's That's more accepted yes. for sure. You're right. It's slowly becoming more socially acceptable, but there is still a, a lot ton of, of people out there. A lot of yes, taboo. There's still a lot of naysayers, and there's a lot of naysayers who have just recently turned into yaysayers and gotten their bodies done themselves, and you know have been converted that way. But either way. So there's still a lot of research that needs to be done, a lot of things that we need to understand. But when I started, and like I said, I had my surgery in September of 2020, just eight months ago, right? There was absolutely nobody doing faha alterations, at least not the way that I was doing it, you know, like the whole social media platform and everything. 
And I remember at four and a half weeks, and mind you, I used to work at one of the largest financial institutions in the world. Like I was nowhere near doing any type of anything around sewing. Like I was not a seamstress. I had a side hustle before doing interior design where I did a little bit, like I already had a sewing machine and some basic skills, but like, you know, it's not like my background. But anyways, so I'm I'm four and a half weeks into my recovery and I'm swimming in my faha. And I know a lot of people can relate to that statement. Absolutely. Or probably exactly right. Like I'm swimming in my faha. I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do now? So I'm researching because I'm a research machine. I'm researching. What can I do? Who is offering this type of service? Should I be going down a size? But that doesn't make any sense in my head because my nope. butt is huge. It's already tight in this faha. Why would I go down a size? That makes no sense. So then I go on YouTube, trusty, dusty YouTube, how I learned to cook. So I'm like, <laughs> YouTube, YouTube has to I have love the answer. It. I know, right? YouTube has to have the answer. Yeah. Here I am looking for it, disappointed, nothing. Actually, let me take that back. There was one video of a, she, bless her heart, she tried her hardest, but it was awful. Like it, 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 it was, you know, using, you know, the really thick thread that you make scarves out of. Yes. You know, and then she kind of used it. Like I said, bless her heart. She tried. She did something and tried to help others. So I commend her for that. It was not the right way of doing it. And I was like, okay, well, that's not an option for me. So I kept struggling in my loose faha. And then I was like, you know what? Let me pull out the sewing machine and give this a try. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you, you're not going to learn it until you actually do and, it. You know, long story short. Let me yes. interrupt you right there. In in this plastic surgery world, it's so new and there's so many kind of specialties that are coming out of it. For example, lymphatic drainage massage, post care nurses, you have your custom alterations, you have your recovery, homes. recovery homes, you have all of these kind of very specific things to plastic surgery. They don't go to any other specialty. I mean, I guess you could do it for cosmetic dentistry, but that's about it. Right? No, no, you're you're 100%. It's very niche. Yeah. Like this niche literally fell into my lap. So like I said, I finally, like I snatched my faha. I put it on. It's really tight. It felt amazing. I was like, oh my God, like I don't feel miserable anymore. Because you know how you, like when you get liposuction to, to the listeners who have never had it yet and are just like still in their research phase, there's this very, very distinct feeling that there is no way to really describe it unless you had it. It's like you essentially know you're swelling up. It's it's a very weird feeling. It's uncomfortable. It doesn't hurt, but it's uncomfortable. And you're you're feeling like you're blowing up like a balloon. And if you're not wearing your compression, you get that feeling and it's just uncomfortable. It's miserable. So once I had this Faha snatch, it was amazing. So I slept in it because you're still supposed to sleep in it early on. I slept in it. The next day I woke up, I took my Faha off to take a shower and my jaw was on the floor. Like I had to pick it back up and put it on my face because my waist was visibly smaller overnight. And like when you were kind of chunky and you had liposuction and all of a sudden your waist is small, you're going to be jumping. Oh yeah, you're going to be so like, happy. So amazing. It's so amazing. It's like, oh my God, this is what I'm going to look like. Oh my God, like all this money that I worked hard for and you know, saved, saved. up for you name. Right. Like whatever the situation may be, I'm finally seeing what I paid for. Like, it's so cool. And then I was just like, I was on fire. I was like, oh my God, I have to do something with this. Like if I needed this service and I benefited so much from this, I need to take it to the public. And I literally, I just started an Instagram account and a lot of my background from my, my corporate job, 
I was like big into executive communications and like really cool presentations and infographics. So that's like one of my skill sets. And I took that over to the Faha doctor and I started creating guides on how do you buy Amazon Faha? Like you don't have to go on tributo.com or something else and get a custom Faha because A, they're going to end up on my desk anyways. <laughs> and B, they're so expensive and you have to wait forever. And this is time sensitive. Like we don't have time. I don't have time. I just, I just got out of my medium. I need to get into a small today right now. Yeah. And really I have, I have to actually say the whole medium to small that that is, I think it's flawed because especially, especially if you had a BBL and, and this is unless your surgeon for some reason puts you in a ginormous faha, but you should not be going down a size because your butt should not be going down a size. Like your butt is going to be roughly the same, but we want to make sure that we keep the same size. It's your waist that keeps on shrinking. Right. Yes, you're absolutely right. But BBL booties do come down a little bit. They do. That is true. Come down. Yep. Yep. With the swelling. You're, but you're, you, you're right you are in a specialty like with garments. It's not just for lipo BBL. It's for tummy tucks, too. You need your absolutely. garment altered and customized to fit you for a tummy tuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. A lot of my clients also have tummy tucks. And from a Faha perspective, it's pretty much the same thing. So like, you know, on the back end with the recovery, it's the same thing. Like, yes, you have to, if you had a tummy tuck and no BBL, sure, you don't have to worry about compressing your butt. You could potentially get like a tighter faha, but everything else is still about the same. And yes, you do want it to fit comfortably. A lot, a lot of women have thicker thighs. You want your faha to not cut off the blood supply going, you know, to the rest of your body. Oh my God, I can't so tell you, you how many times I've right, seen that. Exactly, right, right, right. So what I was mentioning earlier is how essentially how I started this business and how it took off so fast. Once I started my Instagram, I created a guide on how to buy Fahas on Amazon, essentially how to measure yourself the right way to order right before your surgery so that you're prepared. And when you're miserable and swollen and recovering, you don't have to worry about like, oh, shoot, now I have to buy a stage two Faha. So I put together multiple different guides. And my first guide, the Amazon Faha buying guide, we're talking 10 pages, very high level. Like I mentioned, I specialize in executive communications, specifically saying that because executives don't have time to read a whole bunch of text. So I like to break everything down to the absolute most necessary text. So I put that guide together. And a lot of you guys, again, back to my secret society comment earlier, the surgery room is another one of those. Like, you know, if you're in it, you're in it, you understand it. So the surgery room, which is essentially like it has grown into like the TMZ of plastic surgery. So she actually reposted my guide. And ever since then, it literally took off. And I've been like just getting so many followers. Like I I have just hit 12,000 followers. And I told you I'm, I'm, I'm a good six months in. I think that's literally mind blowing for a no name. Cause I started off, I was nobody. Like, I mean, I, I was me. I love me, but like I, I didn't have like a presence in the social media world. You know, let me or tell you the- something. Something that I personally have dealt with is we deal with this imposter syndrome. Like, what do I know? How what do I, you know, me, little old me, how am I going to know how to do this? And people are going to listen to what I have to say and, you know, buy my garment, my customized garment. And we just have to understand that there is people that know less than us. And we have to share the knowledge that we do have. So absolutely. You you gained a skill 
And now you're sharing it with the world and it's needed. People need right. it and patients yes, and need it. I have clients mailing Fahas. M- majority of my clients are US based, but I get clients from like other countries that send me their garments for alterations because I do both mail in and in person here in Chicago land. But it's going really well and people are actually really grateful. And it really warms my heart and I love it. And you know what? Back to what you were saying just now, women actually, and that's a thing that I wish more women had the balls or just had a few role models that they could look up to, but you don't have to be afraid. You like, if you have a strong feeling about something and you know, it's good, just do it. Like do it, do your thing, take it to the next level. Just try it. What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? And really if anything, failure, I embrace failure to the max because every time I make a mistake, every time I fail, every time I fall, I am faced with the challenge of how do I come out of this and grow out of this? And it's, it's amazing. And that's actually how I learned Faha alterations, trial and error, you know, experimenting on my own garments, because like I have a really big ratio between my waist and my hips. It's almost 20 inches. So I actually, wow. there was, there were so many mistakes that I made that now are benefiting my other clients that I see that do also have a bigger ratio, which I have a lot of clients with crazy curves. Like it's, it's by the way, (laughs) beautiful. I love it. All I work with is beautiful women. It's fantastic. I'm not complaining. I'm not into women, but at the same time, beautiful view. We we (laughs) get to appreciate these beautiful views that we see. Appreciating everything, not to mention the personalities. I feel like I have a whole bunch of friends all of a sudden. It's amazing. But, you know, whenever whenever I started this podcast, it came to me in a idea because I actually left plastic surgery last year uh, because of COVID. I had to stay home with my kids. And so I tried something else. I was trying something else and my heart just wasn't in it. And I, Mm. you know, I had to sit there and really think, what is it that I miss? What is it that I'm missing from my work from what I did and what I was missing was the friendships and the relationships that I built with my patients and my, you know, girls who would come see us and get their recommendations and they would talk to me and maybe they weren't ready to book, but they would talk to me for months and, you know, years, sometimes years, I would follow up with them. And, you know, every six months they would talk to me or, you know, stuff like that. And I, missed it so much that I thought what how can I still have that you know how can I still have that share my knowledge share everything that I know and if I don't know I'm sure I can find the answer for you if I don't if you have a question that I can't answer I will hold that thought let me find out and I'll come right back to you so this podcast has really been a has given me that love back and I'm super excited. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I can totally relate to you because as much as I appreciate the company that I used to work for, it like really set me up out of college and everything. I, my heart wasn't in it. But unlike you, where you already knew what you loved, I didn't have that before. And it literally fell into my lap and I took it and I'm you just ran with it to grow it. And I ran with it. Yes. And I remember I was, I was so excited. I was like, dude, like I went to, I went, my husband's office, I'm in my office right now. My husband's office is, you know, COVID. We had to turn living rooms into offices at this point. But his office is like literally on the other side of this wall to my right. 
And I walked over there. I was like, dude, you have no idea. I just stumbled <laughs> upon this niche. And I just know it's going to be so amazing. Like everyone's going to need that. There's no, like literally everyone who gets a tummy tuck, BBL, mommy makeover, life regular like, liposuction. You need, everyone needs the service. And Mini so tummy tuck, everybody. And he like, he's like, get out of my office. I don't want to hear about this. Like whatever. <laughs> like, I don't care about this. He was anti-surgery. And I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that. That they're like usually male partners. And I'm not saying all of them, but oh my God, why do they have to be so annoying? Like, let us be great. <laughs> let us feel beautiful. Like, let us do our thing. I bet he likes yeah. the view now though. He doesn't oh, complain honey. about anything. It's it's not it's not just the view. He also likes my Excel spreadsheet that he <laughs> lovingly labeled Faha Money. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like it it has grown on him. He still doesn't fully understand the entire world. Like he's and the he type of man. Need to. Way, no, he do, really doesn't. He's the type of man who believes in, oh, you should just diet and exercise. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, first of all, it's not like I didn't try that. Like that has been all my life. I felt like a little hamster. And like, what is this little wheel called that they, hamster wheel. A hamster wheel. Yeah, I felt like I was stuck in a hamster wheel, constantly dieting, doing this and that. There is no way that any amount of gym would have given me the hits that I have now. Like, you you can't tell me. You know, I think it's funny (laughs) that these men, they're like, you don't need anything. And they, you know what? The girl that you see walking down the street that you think she's all natural is probably not. Let me tell you, okay, I, I question everyone now because I have a lot of females. I know, it's so crazy. I have a lot of females coming into my into my suite that look very natural. Like they look beautiful, but they look really natural. So it's like, did you, you know, have some work? Yeah, like did you? I, I know you did because, you know, I we're, we're snatching your faha because you're swollen. But does Joe Schmo down the street now? Nope. I mean, it doesn't really matter if anyone knows or not. But all I'm saying is like, and I think you're saying the same thing. It's more and more and more and more. And I think we're slowly getting to a point where it's going to become socially acceptable. Just like back in the day. And I don't know, my mom is just like a very conservative person. But when I got tattoos when I was 18, like the very second that I turned 18, I got tatted up. Me too. So, and she was like, and she was like, oh my God, you're such a criminal. Only criminals get tattoos. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Now every grandma... Every doctor, every lawyer, everybody has a tattoo somewhere. And it's It's, not a big deal. Exactly. And I I feel like plastic surgery will get to that. I'm going to give it about a decade because this type of change takes a long time. It might even be more than that. I don't think, you know what? I think five years. Really? And let me tell you why. Because in music, I'm hearing it more. Oh, she got her body did and she's looking oh, good. Yes. I'm hearing yes. it more. You know, it's becoming more mainstream. And one of my goals with this podcast is to try to break down that, you know, stigma around it. Like uh, right. they, all these, I think the society thinks that women who have plastic surgery are usually vain, but... Ugh. And they're not. Or, and, it, and if they or, are, so what? Insecure. But are insecure or, or they don't love themselves. And yeah. I want to take a stance and I know I'm going to get so much hate for it. And you know what? I'm ready. You can yeah. love yourself and still have plastic surgery. You can Absolutely. love yourself and pick yourself first and still choose to change something about your body. And anybody who wants to say, oh, no, you can't. You can't love yourself and have plastic surgery. What is it your business anyway? 
It's ridiculous. Exactly. Everyone, everyone has their own journey. Exactly. And it's just absolutely ridiculous to make other people feel bad. But what is the difference between getting some fake nails, wearing a push-up bra, photoshopping my pictures? You know, there's just all these different things that are, you know, we can refer to them as deceitful. Like, right. why can't I just, you know, might as well take it to the next level. Like this blonde right here, honey, that's fake. <laughs> this red? You know? Come on. I know. I know. Like, who cares? Who cares anymore? Like everyone, it's, it's everyone's journey. And by the way, I was actually looking up statistics because I'm a big numbers person. 2019. So not 2020, the year before that, before COVID shit hit the fan. Okay. Before COVID 2019 has the highest number record high of plastic surgeries globally. So I went back in and I was like, let me look into this. I'm curious about 2020 because I just know 2020 has to blow 2019 out of the water. By the way, what do you think? What's your guess? My guess is just from talking, being in the industry and seeing how busy we were and how busy other offices were. I think we left 2019 in the dust. So here's, here's the crazy part. I was a million percent sure. A million. But 2020s was actually a little bit below. Maybe but because the restrictions. And that's exactly what I was, I was about to get at. I'm pretty certain if it wasn't for the certain lockdowns, because there were, if, if I mean, I'm sure all of us remember there were times where plastic surgeons were literally, they had to close their office. We did. Especially way in the beginning. In we like had, May, April. Mm-hmm. See? We had exactly. to close our office down for yeah. four weeks. So, See, four weeks is substantial. Yeah, because in a month, in a month, that's a lot of surgeries. And it wasn't just one section of the country, like pretty much the whole country. The whole world. The whole world. Yeah. Everything. everything. And for them to be only slightly below, that's a good indicator. That's a good indicator that it went well. That tells us that really it probably would have been higher. But in 2021 is already trending super high. So and, and it's again, only going to keep growing and it's only going to keep yeah. growing. And, you know, I think, I think so. with the Internet, a lot of women are becoming more aware of if something, for example, if something bothers you on your body that before you would have never looked at. But now it's becoming such a something that is really bothering you. For example, if you have, you know, excess fat around your love handles and before it bothered you. But now you're like, you know what? I really don't like this. And you want to go ahead and get some plastic surgery? It's time. Do it yeah. for you. Do it for yourself. Yeah. If you're ready, if you have all of the information you need, and you're ready for the downtime, and you're ready for the recovery, because recovery is not easy. It's time. Get it done. Let's yes. talk about some myths. And in yes, plastic please. surgery, there is just so many myths. There's so many myths, and. When you're on the internet and you're trying to figure it out and you you're reading one thing on one website and you're reading something on another website, but then you're on the message boards and, you know, these girls who already had surgery are telling you something else. And just know, number one, always talk to your doctor before you do any any changing to anything that they gave you instructions and you follow those instructions. But (laughs) let's attack these myths. First one. Yeah, so it's it's crazy how much bad information is out there. And like with my social media being like my Instagram is like really, really popping and I get so many questions. A lot of them are usually very similar. And then when it comes to the myths, there is usually an undertone in the message that you can sense 
of stress and anxiety and like all these things that is really and I'm like oh it's so unnecessary like it's not even a thing it's like a myth but we need to talk about them let's and talk I about actually, them I actually I wrote down four that I hear the most and and the first one is faha burn and actually I think I think you can say a lot more about about that one than me but I I don't believe that faha burn is real so but well, I'll pass it to you for that one okay so faha burn in the the time that I've been in the industry. So let's say from early 2000s to now. Faha Burn, I have only recently started seeing. And it's I notice it with the more aggressive liposuction that they get Faha Burn. But I personally contribute it to just overly aggressive liposuction or too much heat. If they're doing some sort of skin retracting treatment, for example, something with heat or radio frequency like, what or is it called J plasma, J plasma, thermitite, yeah. Ulthera. You know, there's a lot of skin tightening treatments that when you're doing overly aggressive lipo and then you're doing this heat on top, I think we can sometimes end up with faha burn. But yeah, my opinion, that's what I see. That's what I saw. That's what I thought. I've heard doctors agree with me or I've agree with them that it's just overly aggressive liposuction because yeah, unless your garment is so, 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 so tight that you cannot let a breath out, there's, I mean, for it to cut your circulation to the point that your skin turns black. No, I don't think, right. I don't think it's real. I don't think it's I, true. I don't think so either. And no matter how numb your nerves are, which they're going to be numb in the beginning, roughly the first Two to three weeks, they're the numbest, from my experience, at least. It, takes, it takes usually about even, six weeks for you to start getting some sensation it, back. Yes, yes. Well, I started usually, so my clients, when I, I, I do this, this little test with them, when they come at three weeks post-op, which is the minimum, the earliest that I'm willing to do Faha alterations on people, because I really believe like it's okay to take it a little bit easier with the compression in the first, in the beginning while you're still really numb. But I like to scratch their stomachs, like gently, like a little... Just, just a very just gentle a sensation. Stretch. Yes, and and I ask them like, "Hey, do you feel this?" And they usually say yes because I remember from my journey at week two to three, closer to three, I started to slowly feel again mm-hmm. certain nerve endings, like like my chin lipo, for example. That one took about two and a half months. Like it depends on the nerves, I guess. It depends. It on depends on how the person, the on the body. Was. Some same the abdomen, same abdomen. Yeah. One side can come back first, and then the other totally 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 I actually experienced the same thing too but yes so majority of your nerves are back alive so uh, are starting to wake up so regenerate they're regenerating yes they regenerate that's a good word your body is going to talk to you and i think this is this journey the recovery journey is the it's, it's the perfect time to like really learn to listen to your body and become one because there has not been a time And I'm thinking like I I was pregnant before. I guess my body was talking to me then too. But there has not been another time in my life where I have been able to become one with my body more than during my plastic surgery recovery. Because your body literally talks to you. But real quick to like back it up a little bit. What is Faha Burn? And again, kind of a difficult question. But the way that people are describing it in all the different Facebook groups and forums is essentially it's like a second or third degree burn of your skin, usually very often you can see it in the waist area, but it could be on your back. It could be on your stomach. 
And it's literally like your skin is literally black. You can sometimes even see pink depending on how bad it is. And I'm hearing it a lot of times interchanged with lipo burn, faha burn, lipo burn, faha burn. And I think there is so much confusion because of that. Because like, first of all, what is which and what's the difference? Is it even a thing? Like I wholeheartedly believe that lipo burn is real. And that really goes back to exactly what you described. But Faha Burn, how the heck does a garment burn you? You know, know? I don't know. I don't ever want to say anything negatively about any physician, but I know that I started hearing it a lot more with the with the international community. And, you know, maybe more it came from somewhere else. And that liposuction style came from somewhere else. Yes, I fully agree. I usually when it's very rare that I have clients who are recovering from lipo burn, but they usually tell me that they went Colombia, DR, something like that, Mexico. Mm-hmm. So another thing, and I think you were kind of like slightly getting towards that is, and this goes back to the importance of researching and finding the right surgeon. There are unethical surgeons out there. And I truly believe And I I have even experienced it before that surgeons, the unethical ones, will try to shift blame from what they did to something like Faha Burn. And I find that just so awful because like, why would you do that? You understand that there's all this misinformation out there. And instead of educating and, you know, taking ownership and helping your patient, you're shifting blame. Like, come on, like, that's not. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But 100%. But here's but, the thing. Faha burn, it needs to be caught quickly. You know, there makes sense. there's yes. things that can be done to try to regenerate that skin and try to, you know, prevent some loss. And if your uh, doctor is telling you or if you have heard of Faha burn and patients that, you know, he's worked on or she has worked on, maybe you could reconsider or talk to her about how aggressive or talk to him about how aggressive he's going to be with the liposuction and just, you know, tell them or tell, tell your surgeon, this is something that I'm really worried about and I really don't want it to happen to me. You know, I'm okay with slightly less aggressive liposuction as if it means that I'm not, I'm less likely to have faha burn and I'm sure they'll do it. You just have to. One of the things that I preach on this podcast is you're building a relationship with your surgeon. Your surgeon is not a one stop shop. It's not, you know, you have to treat it as, you know, you and this surgeon have to understand each other 100 percent. You have to be aware of their rules and you have to express your rules. These are the things that I'm looking for and these are the things that I'm really concerned about. One of them could be Faha burn and they will take your concern. And when they're doing your surgery, could keep that in mind, right? Keep yep. that in mind and be less aggressive with the liposuction. But I know a lot of women are like, no, if they're going to do it they're I want them to take every drop and, oh, I've yeah, heard it and they yeah, want it. Right. And that's I, I understand that. But there's a very fine line. Between there is a very fine line. Overly aggressive, yes. good liposuction. And we know surgeons who are amazing and they give super amazing results and they do aggressive liposuction. But that's why you have to do your homework on who is working on Big you. Time. 
big time, big time. And my piece of advice for that would be also educate yourself on what technique your surgeon is using to do the liposuction. What type of tools is he using? Because I know like my surgeon was very aggressive, but I, I had a very smooth recovery. I had no issues, but I also like my surgeon is double board certified. He like the, the bedside manner was absolutely everything. Like everything that I could have researched. Like I went on Google and looked literally to the last page on everything that has his name attached. Like that's how intensely I researched him. And then obviously like just, just the meetings and everything, all the pre-op appointments, it, it was just the right fit. So I knew I'm, I'm going to be safe with this one, but there's so many times that I hear my clients coming to me, telling me, Oh, the first time I met my surgeon was when he was marking me up before surgery. I know. And I it, can't it, believe it. So scary. Oh I my can't God, believe I it. Be so scared. I have this women you, tell me that you all sleep. the time. And I know I honestly, mm. I think there's some regulations that are in place there for that to not happen. <clears throat> I believe, yes. I believe there's some regulations that are being broken. Actually, if you're Very meeting possible. your surgeon the day of your surgery, and that's the only time that you're going to get to meet him or her, I would be very weary. I would be nervous just because too. I would, I would want be I want to be able to get a hold of my surgeon after surgery if I have an emergency. And if he Absolutely. doesn't even have time to see me before my surgery for a consultation and a pre-operative appointment, is he going to have time right. to see me after if I have an emergency, yeah. if I have something that I'm really worried about and I want to come in and see him? Probably not. And that's something whenever I say do your homework and weigh out your pros and cons, yep. that's one of the yep. when I tell you go to go see three surgeons. You know, if two of those surgeons see you and you get to meet them and they're great and you meet them in person that day, you're going to be more inclined to book with them because you've already built you're building that relationship, that understanding. If you're not meeting them, that initial consultation. Yes. Yes. And I think you definitely should. Like three is a really good number. I would say that's the minimum. You should for sure meet so that you can see what types of different surgeons are there. Like, who am I vibing with? What is my intuition saying? Because like to me, when I was doing my, when I was in my consultation phase, before I picked the surgeon, I was really heavily listening to my intuition. And I, you know, fast forward, it was a great decision. But yes, it's extremely important. So let's but talk anyway, about this other myth. Yes, let's go back to the myth. Ridges. Say that again. Ridges. Ridges, dents, and creases. Yes, yes. Oh my God. OMG. I get this one so much. So obviously this is heavy on the fajas, right? A lot of times fajas, you'll see like bunching up or creasing in the smallest part of your waist. Uh, there's, there's multiple reasons for that. Usually it's A, it's too big, it's too tight, or the torso is too long, which a lot of those things can can be fixed and adjusted. But the issue is that people are so scared that it will leave a permanent mark or a permanent dent. I cannot tell you throughout my recovery, especially in the beginning, how many dents, creases, bumps, you name it, I had in my skin. My skin looked horrible, okay? It was so like every time I took all of my phones off, there were like random corners and edges and what, I don't even know, all kinds of stuff. 
But what you need to understand is right now, like in the beginning, your skin is literally Play-Doh. During liposuction, it was essentially detached from the back wall. So it's full of fluid and the fluid is like Play-Doh. So anything is going to leave a mark, but don't worry, it's going to poof right it's back out. It's all going to go right That's, back to normal. It, it's literally, and this is what I like to tell my clients. You know how when you wear really tight jeans and the, the jeans have like a thick seam on the inside and at the end of the day or whatever, you take the jeans off and, and they're you can on see your that side. seam. Yes, and you can, exactly. But then we forget about it and it disappears. And it's literally the same concept when it comes to all of the little indentations and marks that happen in the beginning of our recovery. Don't worry about it. It's They're going to come out. They're going to come out. And if we're out, we also need to be realistic, right? Because not all of us are blessed with an absolutely flawless, smooth back. Some of us have bra fat. So like if you have a little bit of bra fat there, those creases, even if the surgeon lipos, the fat around it, the creases, just like cellulite, are the devil. They have memory. They remember so your faja, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not like a, it's not like a magic garment. It's just a stretchy compression garment. It's going to adjust itself to your, your creases and your curves. And, and, you know, oftentimes the rolls that happen to be like right back here where the faja likes to bunch up the most, it's, it's not going to damage you or mess up your results. I promise. Your results, the fat's already gone. The right. fat's out. The, the sculpting is there. Your massages help with the swelling. Your garment helps with the swelling. And all we're doing with your garment is when you have liposuction, you can imagine it's like grated or like Swiss cheese underneath your skin. And every one of those little holes is getting full of fluid. So your garment compresses your skin back yeah. to your fascia, closing those Swiss cheese holes and that fluid yep. gets comes out through your system so exactly. that's why it's so important for you to wear your faja wear an, a good fitting faja to help speed up that recovery process to your yeah. because if you oh if you go a day without your garment on oh, after liposuction you're gonna be miserable, you're gonna be miserable. and it's better be so to just miserable. have a good a nice good fitting customized to your shape now that we know okay what your dimensions are going to be now we know what your hip to waist ratio is going to be let's get you in a nice tight fitting garment absolutely absolutely i, I agree i see oh you have to wear a shirt you have to wear this you have to wear your foam all of those things are great i'm not saying don't do them or you know that they're they don't work but don't overly stress yourself yes. on yes creases and dents and ridges yes. because they're gonna go away don't worry about it yep you're gonna be fine yep. it's all gonna go away I did formulate this I, I want to call it a body balm but I formulated it for to help bring that swelling down after liposuction help break up the bruising and with helping break up the bruising earlier in your recovery we're lowering the chance of any hemocytorin staining in the skin. So that along with wearing your garment, along with drinking your water, along with getting some light exercise, just slight walking until your doctor yeah, tells moving. you you're good. Just moving around. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. all going to help you with your recovery and 
kind of help get that lymphatic system going, right? Get closer to your results. Yes, 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 absolutely. I remember, so I was, I think when you have a garment that custom fits your body, you're going to be much more likely to actually wear it because you're going to like it. Yeah, like exactly. You're going to actually like listen, right? And do what you're supposed to be doing. I, I always say like the surgery part is the easiest part. The recovery that that the part, recovery like, is the tough part. Takes work, right? That's that that's the part that takes work from you because when we go to surgery, the surgeon is doing all the work. Everything after that, that's on you, honey. And how you know, like the more you take this seriously and do the right thing, and really, again, we don't have to stress it. We don't have to overcomplicate it. But do your best and do your research and you know in advance so that you know what you need to be doing. But you know, it really does make a big difference. What do you but, think? Um, let's talk about this myth about the fluff. Oh, so, the, the fluff. fluff okay, let me let's talk <laughs> about the fluff because there's two versions of the bl- of the fluff, and one of those versions I think is what I've learned in my you know career. What I've heard surgeons time after time repeat is that this the fat fluffs, and people think you have to feed the fat. You have to feed the fat, feed the fat. And yeah, you want to feed your fat good fat. But what it is, is actually the swelling has subsided. The majority of the swelling has subsided. Those fat cells can now bounce or they're they're fluffier, they're fuller. They can expand because that swelling is not pushing down on it. And now it's fluffy, expanding, getting all the circulation, getting everything it needs, hydrating to be fluffy to be bigger. So that cream that I was telling you about, you have to use it right after your liposuction. Well, as soon as your doctor approves, of course, get your doctor to say yes. But what it does is it speeds up that process of bringing the swelling down, increasing the viability of the fat cells that are already there by bringing the swelling down and letting them, you know, kind of bounce back faster. Those fat cells die in the first three weeks. So you use it in those first three weeks to kind of speed up the process of the swelling going down. What is your take on fluff? So I have to say, being like going through my journey, I was like, I, obviously I heard about this fluff fairy and this whole fluffing stage. So being a researcher, I, I go on Google because Google is my best friend and we talk all the time. So I was like, Google, <laughs> can you please go ahead and... <laughs> I know it's very sad. Essentially Google, like what the heck is the fluff fairy? Like what can I expect? When does it happen? Is, this, is it real? All that, all that stuff. It's a huge myth. But essentially, to break down, this is what I found out on Google. Around three months, you're going to notice that your butt is bigger. And I'm like, that just sounds too good to be true. And I am immediately not believing it. So I was like, all right, fine. I, I'm just going to watch and, and see how my journey goes. Because, you know, my surgeon put a, a considerate amount, considerable amount back in my derriere. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me watch. So. Here's my experience. At three months is when I realized, I, I stepped out the shower and I was like, oh my God, like I have this big mirror right in front of my shower. I see everything. And I'm like, oh my God, my waist is so much smaller. Like it's, I thought I was done around like, you know, a month, month and a half, but little did I know I wasn't done. At three months, my waist was so much smaller. And by the way, you know, looking back at it, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I lost even more swelling, like until month five. But anyway, so three months. You can lose swelling huh? up to a year. You can be swollen up to oh, a year. Oh, abs- absolutely. Absolutely. And that, I, you know, that depends on a lot of different factors. But so I'm looking at the mirror and I'm like, dang, my waist is way smaller, which 
ironically, is at the three-month mark, which is when they say the fluff fairy comes into town, whatever that means. But guess what? When your waist gets smaller, your hips and your butt look bigger. Look bigger. But are they bigger, though? So, so the Faha doctor was measuring herself. My butt was the same the whole time. My waist just kept getting smaller. So what is that? So for me, my conclusion is that the fluff fairy is a myth because I think it's more of an illusion than anything else. And I just don't want people to have this false hope of, oh, my butt is going to get big at month three. Like, I don't want people to just feel that disappointment, right? It, okay. Because it, it you're going to set yourself. It, it doesn't. And, and here's the thing, right? Bottom line is, no, it's not going to get bigger unless you gain some weight. But really, like your butt is probably the softest around month three, starting at month three. My butt started to soften up actually at week two. The first two weeks, it was rock hard. It was a whole struggle with so many additional struggles coming out of it that we're not going to discuss those today. <laughs> but <laughs> We'll leave that for another chat. <laughs> I don't really leave that for another day. But like it, it started softening up at week two, which by the way, that's what led me to Googling this whole fluff there. Cause I'm like, wait, why is it already soft? I thought it was, you know, I, was, I thought it was supposed to happen around week, uh, month three. I'm so confused, blah, blah, blah. So either way it goes, I don't think it actually fluffs. What you do want to do, and this is my recommendation, have one of those little soft measuring tapes. And I, I generally recommend that to anyone who's having any type of body modification surgery, especially when we're talking liposuction, right? Or VBL. Measure your waist, measure your hips. It's actually really, really simple. You want to measure your waist right above your belly button and your hips. Stand in front of a mirror and just put the tape at the widest part of your hips and your and your and your butt. Like literally, you can turn, look at your look at the mirror from the front and look at it from the side as you're placing the tape. And that's it. And then just keep like a diary or something, maybe every two to four weeks, and just measure yourself and compare the measurements. What you're gonna find. In the beginning is that your butt is going to decrease, but that's the swelling though. And that usually happens those first three weeks, mostly like that's when, when you really lose majority of your swelling in your butt, but the waist, the waist, that's where the magic happens. The waist is where it's all, the illusion is all starting at the waist. Yes. Yes. All right. So, so bottom line, fluff fairy myth, we don't believe in her. We don't. I, I think it. what it is, I, said what I, said. I think the swelling <laughs> subsiding and that those fat cells fluffing and kind of plumping up is really all it is, in my opinion. I agree with you. I agree. I agree. So then we have we do have one more myth. And this one, I can't tell you how much I am sick of hearing it. Chicken butt. Ooh. You know, I chicken butt. In pra- so it, when I was it. when I was working, I never heard about chicken butt. Ever. Yeah, I think that's Ever. it's like a recent one and it's it just continues to grow, float around all of the, and grow. It's like a tumor. Like it continues to float around. And I can't tell you how many times I get messages full of panic talking about, oh my God, my thigh has a crotch opening. Am I going to get chicken butt? No, you're not. First of all, every faha should have a crotch opening. Don't you want to go to the bathroom, right? Like at the very and least, be, you should have a And crotch be opening. taking it off and putting it on. You're going to end up yeah. being non-compliant. Oh, Yes, it, exactly. It's going to lead to failure and it's just not going to be good. You want your faha to have a crotch opening at the very least so you can pee. Most fahas, the really good ones, just have one so you can pee. So you better figure out your number two situation. I had to train my body literally to only go number two in the morning or at night. But and trust me, it's been a struggle. <laughs> but the faha life, the faha life will force you to do some things. Okay. 
So adjustments, so people, of, adjustments. Exactly. There, there's some serious adjustments in your lifestyle, especially when it comes to the natural thing that our body forces us to do. But yes, a faha that has a crotch opening big enough for your vagina so you can go pee is a non-issue. That's a positive thing. There's some fahas that are slightly bigger, even in the back where you can like see a little bit of your crack, but you know, most of your butt cheeks are still covered. It's a non-issue. Personally, I do think that especially after you had a BBL, you should have a, a certain level of support. Like I am not a fan of fahas that have the butt cheeks cut out. Me neither. I, I don't, I don't know if that actually causes chicken butt. I have yet to see that. By the way, a lot of chicken butt is hereditary. There are some people who just have it. Like, you know, and, and a surgeon can potentially make it better, but I think it's a skill, like it's a, it's challenging. It's like a challenging one to do. I think you definitely, whenever, for any woman who's going to go in and have their uh, booty done, look in the mirror, because yeah. I know I did this for mine. Look in the mirror and look at it before anything is done to it. Take some pictures, whatever. <laughs> keep it, keep it in a little secret folder in your phone. That way, post-op, when you're looking at it and you're going to be analyzing every single mark, everything. crevice, uh, stretch mark, everything. Dimple. You're going to be dimple. You'll yes. see <laughs> that it's exactly what you had before, but sli- bigger. but bigger. And that's yep. it. So if you yep. already ha- hereditary had that ridging on the inside of your booty, your doctor can try to blend, but it might still be there. You have to find a very, right. very, very skilled surgeon who you can see their yes. before and after pictures who has similar, has done work on patients with body types that are similar to yours. Yes. That way you'll know, okay, he's going to be able to blend in, blend it in right, or she'll be able right. to do it for me. Yeah, right. Or just like prove it somehow. Like, I think it's important to talk to a surgeon and like asking these questions. Show them your body part that is like concerning to you, especially if you're not one who is blessed with amazing DNA, right? Like I had really severe cellulite on my right cheek and only moderate on my left. And I actually talked to that to my surgeon and I was like, what can we realistically do? Like, what can be my expectations? Obviously, I'm not going to walk out with a perfect peach, but like, 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 let's let's talk about it. Like, what can I expect? And your surgeon will tell you. Yes. And then again, if you have the right surgeon, a reputable, board certified, experienced individual, with great reviews, they're going to be honest with you. They're not going to sit here and say, oh, you're going to wake up and you're going to look like Nicki Minaj. Oh, no. They're going to tell you the truth. Yes. And you and that's what you want. Like, even if it's something that you don't want to hear, you should appreciate that because now, you know, okay, this doctor is not going to sit here and just lie to my face. When a doctor is telling you, hey, you might you know, this is the result you can expect. And if what you are hearing is not what you wanted to hear, respect that they're telling you a reasonable expectation. And, you know, we want that from our surgeons. We want them to tell us you know, realistically, this is what we can do and this is what we can't. And then as the patient, it's up to you to make that decision on is the surgery worth it if it's not going to fix the problem that you had or even that slight fix is enough for you to want to do it. But it's all about being open with your surgeon and your expectations. 100%. Absolutely. And also being realistic. Realistic. You know, 
I think I think that's so important because again, like I described my issue with my butt, like my entire right side of my body is just smaller. Like my right boob is smaller than my left. My right cheek is a little smaller than my left cheek and so forth. But, you, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to come out like Barbie. I knew it. But, you know, it, it's just important. Like you want to have these conversations with your surgeon and also be realistic with yourself. Either way it goes, if you pick the right surgeon and everything is going well, you're going to be better than what you were before. You're going to be happy. And you're going to be so much happier. Like for me, when I was, I literally made a whole list of my top 10 things that I hated about myself the most. Because, you know, we're always our own biggest critics, right? And we always want what we don't have. But I actually had my surgeon address the top six. And so top seven, eight, nine, and 10 are now not bothering me anymore. Nice. top six have been fixed, you know? And, and I think like that is actually some, some advice I would love to share with others. That I think that's a really great technique, like writing down the things that bother you the most and ranking them and then seeing if your surgeon can address the top worst ones that bother you the most, because it will make such a big difference in your life, how you feel about yourself. Like I enjoy wearing clothes now. I'm no longer hiding myself. Before surgery, I felt like a prisoner in my own body. And a lot of women do. A lot of women do. And it's a daily struggle to even get up because they don't like what they see in the mirror. And going back to that, uh, you can't have self-love and choose to have plastic surgery. Oh, yeah. What uh-uh. about what about that? Why don't they consider, you know, women who are depressed by what they see in the mirror and what's yes. wrong with them fixing it and fixing yes. themselves emotionally with something that's bothering them? Yeah. Come at me, 100%. you guys. Come at me. I know, I know you right? are. Come at me, too, because I am going to be advocating for women who want to and i think that's a form of self-love it is a like form of self-love for so yourself because I, I i like to joke i had this like super bad b word slumbering inside of me and she just couldn't come out she and now she's out <laughs> <laughs> she, she was covered in fat and now she came out and i'm like loving it Everything and now like look at you you store. you flourished <laughs> you, cr- you started this yes. business from something that you realized yes. people needed i love it yes. i love your story i love what you do Absolutely. i love the Thank customizing you. i love how you did it i don't know how Thank i ended you. up on your instagram but i'm so glad i did i'm telling everybody and their mama they need to get their garment alterized alterated i, I appreciate ah. that <laughs> i appreciate that very very much yes come come and get your faha snatch i am i'm always here with advice i share knowledge I don't judge anyone because, you know, I'm nowhere near perfect myself. And I just, I really love doing this. I love seeing these happy faces because usually when I see my clients around three to four weeks and, you know, that first month you're the Michelin man, I call it the Michelin man stage. Actually, my husband named it that. <laughs> so this is inspired, inspired by the hubby. But, you know, you're huge. You're full of boards. You're full of foams. You're, you're massive. You don't you're feel swollen. good. Yeah. And then they come to me. I snatch their fajas. And for the first time, they actually see their waist. And I usually, around that time, I free everyone. I say, like, get rid of your tank top, get rid of your boards, get rid of your foams, because you don't need them anymore. I make the faha so... Fit you like a glove. So, like a glove. So you don't need all that extra stuff, which, by the way, being that summer is coming, and I know you're in Houston, right? We're in Houston, also, yeah. Ooh, so it's like extra hot down there. But being that summer is coming, it's getting hot pretty much everywhere. You don't want to wear all this crap. No. Nope. And so my clients, like, I, they put the faha back on at the end of their appointment and they're just so happy. And I just love that I'm 
able to contribute to another woman's feeling beautiful and feeling confident. That, it makes me so happy. That is that the part. That's the part <laughs> that I miss. Helping yes. women get yes. to the other side of of yes. there's that they feel so low on themselves or maybe their self-esteem isn't there yes. and they want to change this one thing that bothers them and yep. they change it. And oh my God, they blossom into these women that I'm like, whoa, look at and, you. And it, allows you. it allows you to grow into the best version of yourself. And Definitely. everything, like it's everything. But yeah, so so we address the four myths. Baja burn, Baja don't burn. believe in it. It's, it's most likely life, it's lipo burn. And you need to be careful with that. You need to really speak with your surgeons and learn about their techniques, what tools they use, et cetera, and let them know that that's a concern for you. Then we have, you know, faha shaping, like dense creases and things. Also a myth. Don't worry. Your skin's Play-Doh. It will poof back out. Number three, fluff fairy. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> your, your waist is smaller now. Now your butt looks bigger, but fluff fairy... We don't believe in her. We don't. We don't think we believe in her, right? No, no. I think no. I think it's just your your fat your fat. Yep, is breathing. Your waist is your it's swelling small. in your waist Pitch. has subsided, and yep. your proportions are starting to look the way they looked on the table the day yes. of your surgery yes. before all the swelling exactly. kicked in. Yep, and then last but not least, the good old chicken butt. R.I.P. Please, okay. <laughs> I'm ready for chicken butt to R.I.P. No more chicken, chicken butt. No, you know I've seen no. these. I've seen some of those pictures, and I'm like, wow. I if a surgeon let somebody off their table with that, I <laughs> they should have some ramifications. Yeah, but I, I don't know if you noticed or not, but it's a very rare find. Like I, it's extremely rare, and I don't know if these pictures are just being hidden. Which, by the way, it's totally possible. I don't know if they're just being hidden and people are embarrassed to show it or if it just actually doesn't happen that much. I don't think it happens that much. I I don't think so either. And and, and I wholeheartedly believe that if it did turn out that way, you likely already had a little bit of just a... I don't want to use the word deformed because I'm not trying to make anyone feel... I could use deformed on my right butt cheek, right? But for the lack of a better word, if, if you have that slight deformity that someone may define chicken butt, you know, plastic surgery may or may not actually fix it. So you got to find the right surgeon to address that concern of yours and have the skill set to know how to fill it in in a way that makes it disappear blend. or less or blend or, or, or just be less obvious. So that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I think we, yes. we covered some really good things today. I know. Mainly, I wanted to talk about you, talk about how you stumbled into this. And, you know, I know it's changing a lot of women's lives and I love it. And I wanted to kind of give you this platform to talk to your women that can come see you, can send you their fajas, get them fixed, make them fit like a glove and have an easy, better recovery. Absolutely. And at the end of it, at the end of the day. All we want is for you to have an easy journey from successful, successful journey from before your surgery, doing your homework is crucial, making sure you're liking the pictures that you're seeing and looking for familiar or similar body types to yours, making sure that you understand all of the recovery process, your your expenses, what are you going to be spending on and after surgery? I think if you know all of that up front, you already have your faja customized. 
You're going to have your massages lined up. You're going to be easy, easy recovery. Yep. And most, most importantly, successful. I don't know. I don't know that it easy is like a little challenging because it's tough, right? And it's like so lengthy, but just successful. I think, I think like that's the right, because that's what we really want. We want to get through this. Is yeah, nothing unexpected is coming at you. Yes, 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 definitely. So that's really important. But in my opinion, I think that's the best, the best way to set yourself up. Just kind of know all the things that could possibly happen, what you might need to do, and if it happens, Mm. you're you're ready, you're prepared. And another thing, and you kind of touched on that. We discussed trends and like statistics for like plastic surgery popularity. Just know that there's more people getting plastic surgery than there is currently. And, and that's changing every day. But, but then there's currently people who provide post-op care. So you want to be, be prepared. You don't want to be like, oh, hey, I, um, I had my surgery two weeks ago. Do you have time for a massage tomorrow? You don't want to be that person. No, because you want to have going all to struggle. of that lined yes. up before. Yes, yes. Same with the alterations. Like your girl right here, I, I get booked up. You want to get on my schedule. As soon as you can, you want to be proactive about your journey and your recovery so that you can set yourself up for success. Set yourself up for, for sure. success. And that's all it's, yes. a, it's all about setting yourself up for success. Study. Absolutely. Right. It's, it's, it's in your hands. Like I said, the surgery part is the easy part. The recovery it's, it's, is the it's tough. What's ap- right. Yeah. Right. But um, I'm yeah, so glad so, you, you had some time to join me today. I know it was really hard oh, kind you. of finding time and getting you busy schedule. Yeah, I know. Busy yeah, schedule. I, I, I appreciate the invite. I, I really enjoyed my conversation with you. I can't wait to actually hear the podcast. Oh. And then I just wanted to to throw out real quick the best way, like for anyone who's interested in my services, the best way to reach me is on my Instagram at the Faha Doctor. Also have a website, www.thefahadoctor.com. You can mail your Fahas to me from anywhere. All that information is on my website. You can see all my work, all my reviews on my Instagram. And uh, just, just follow me. Give her a follow. Yeah. Look at what she's done. You can see. I I like that you post pictures of your customers in their fajas and you can see how you've made the alterations and how it fits their form so well. And you guys, this is all part of doing your homework. Do your homework. Set yourself up yep. for success and you won't regret it. I'll Absolutely. see you guys next Absolutely. week. Yay, <laughs> Thanks thank for you. coming on, Diana. <laughs> thank you so much. I would like to end this episode with a huge thank you to all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe to Big Butts No Lies Podcast and follow us on Instagram at Big Butts No Lies Podcast. If you have a topic you want me to cover, please send it to the DM. If you know anyone on their plastic surgery journey, be sure to recommend them the show. You can also visit us on our website, bigbuttsnolies.com. You'll see the online surgical recovery store. We're adding new items all the time. If there's something you think I need to have on there, send me a DM. (laughs) Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget, new episodes every Monday. I'll see you then.